You're listening to Community Radio, KVMR, FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, September 23rd, and this is your KVMR Evening News. The Band Books Week celebration turns 40 this year. The annual event that celebrates the value of free and open access to information was founded in 1982 by American librarian Judith Krug. As the week comes to a close this year, the California Report's Madi Bolaños talks to Maya Kobabe, author of the book Gender Queer, a memoir. After regional weather, the host of Rock Map on KVMR, Steve Arts, chats with members of the band Forger. Felton Pruitt closes our newscast in conversation with fiddler Tom Rigney. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a bill that eliminates the state's decades-old parking requirements for new housing near transit. Assembly Bill 2097 frees developers of those parking requirements for new housing and businesses located within a half a mile from a public transit stop. Here's Newsom in a video message on why he signed the bill. Basically, we're making it cheaper and easier to build new housing near daily destinations like jobs and grocery stores and schools. This means more housing at lower prices, closer to walkable neighborhoods and public transit. Environmentalists and housing advocates say this will drive down California's dependence on cars, allowing more people to take public transit and improving the state's chances of meeting its climate goals. Under the new rules, cities can still impose parking requirements, but only if the project negatively impacts commercial parking in the area or if it affects the city's attempt to meet affordable housing goals. In the latest sign of California's ambitious goals to reduce emissions, state air regulators have approved a plan that would ban the sale of natural gas heaters by 2030. Regulators say the move away from natural gas will mean more reliance on alternative heating technology. That includes heat pump technology, which is already widely used in Europe. Heat pumps rely solely on electricity and work by moving heat around. One drawback is they can be quite a bit more expensive than a regular gas heater, although incentives and rebates are helping to reduce the upfront cost. We're nearing the end of Banned Book Week, an annual awareness campaign promoted by the American Library Association and Amnesty International. And at the top of the most challenged book list in the United States is Gender Queer, a memoir exploring gender identity, sexuality, and what it means to live outside the gender binary. Author of the book Maya Kobabe is here to discuss it. Maya, in your book, you talk about this long list of books that encourage you to begin exploring these parts of your identity as a teenager. How important are these types of books for queer youth? You're absolutely right. When I was a teenager, I was so hungry for queer narratives. And I was a teen in the mid-2000s. There was a lot less representation then than there is now. But I would pick up any book that had even like the tiniest crumb of a queer narrative or like the briefest mention of a queer or trans character, even if they were very minor in terms of the plot. And I think 
like so many queer teenagers don't necessarily have a role model in their day to day life. They might not have another queer person in their family or their school. And I think a lot of young people, myself included, are just searching for like, what can the future look like for me? What can I look like as a queer adult? Like what opportunities are available to me? Or even like, what kind of clothes should I wear? What kind of job should I have? And I think it's so important for young people who don't have that role model in their day-to-day life be able to be able to find it somewhere and i think media is a really good place mm-hmm. you know as i mentioned gender queer is at the top of the banned books list were you expecting this kind of reaction what was the initial reaction and how has that changed over time yeah so gender queer came out in may of 2019 so a good couple years ago now and for the first 2 years there was no pushback on the book at all. And I am, of course, very aware that queer and trans narratives tend to get pushback. And I had braced myself for it a little bit, wondering if there would be, you know, like mean reviews or whatever online. But it really, there was absolutely none of that until the fall of 2021, kind of in the lead up to the midterm elections, when the book ended up in a couple of sort of um, school board banning um incidents that went a bit viral on social media and then seemed to start just this absolute domino effect of like one challenge leading to the next to the next to the next until I almost couldn't even keep track of how many school districts and um, states that I had been challenged in. Wow. What is it like having written the most banned book in the United States? I can imagine that you might have like a range of emotions. I'm very aware that this has given me a platform that I didn't have before. And Not all books that are challenged see a sales bump, but mine has. So I'm just kind of trying to use the platform that this has given me and the media attention that it's given me to the best of my advantage and speak out against censorship and against book bans and in support of queer narratives and queer stories and queer authors and try to encourage other authors like not to write from a place of fear um, and not to self-censor before a challenge has even happened and to... Um, stay strong and realize this is just kind of like a weird side effect of our modern social media era and just keep writing, just keep making your work. That's great. And what do you hope people will take away from reading Gender Queer? I hope that people will take away from it that it's really important to think deeply about who you are and to interrogate the things that make you feel free versus the things that make you feel confined, whether that has to do with gender or not. Um, I think everyone could stand to do a lot of like deep introspection about their personality and their life and their choices and not just get caught up in sort of just the flow of day-to-day life and do something just because everyone is doing it or because it's expected of you. So I really hope people read it and think about, honestly, just about freedom and also about letting go of shame. And if there is any sort of shame or fear in your life that you don't need to be carrying and that you could, in fact, set down. That was Maya Kobabe, author of Queer Gender, a memoir. Thanks, Maya. Thank you. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, 
Institute's philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at schmidtocean.org. And that's the California Report for Friday, September 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Alex Hall. Our interim director of news is Ki Sung. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. The Mosquito Fire currently mapped at 76,781 acres, is 60% contained. The recent four-day storm event that brought nearly two and a half inches of rain slowed the fire to a smoldering pace. As of 7 a.m. Friday, California Interagency Incident Management Team 2 assumed command of the wildfire and unified command between Cal Fire, Placer County Sheriff, and El Dorado County Sheriff was disbanded. No evacuation orders or warnings are in place for Placer County, though Stumpy Meadows in El Dorado County remains under an evacuation warning. Turning to regional weather and air quality, the U.S. Interagency Wildland Fire Air Quality Response Program announced today that it would no longer issue smoke forecasts for the Central Sierra, citing the continued low smoke production and low potential for further growth of the Mosquito Fire. In Nevada City and Grass Valley, tonight, clear, with a low around 58. Saturday, sunny, with a high near 86. Saturday night will be clear, with a low around 60. And Sunday brings sunny skies, with a high near 87. The current AQI in Nevada City is good at 34. Tonight, in Truckee and the Lake Tahoe region, mostly clear, with a low around 41. Saturday will be sunny with a high near 75. Saturday night will be mostly clear, cooling to a low around 42 before warming up on Sunday to a high near 76. In Truckee, tonight's air quality is good with an AQI in the single digits. Tonight, the skies over Sacramento and the surrounding valley are clear. Tonight's low will be 60. Saturday will be sunny with a high near 92. And Saturday night's low will be around 61. Sunday in Sacramento will be sunny with a high near 94. Sacramento is also enjoying good air quality with a current AQI of 39. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. The tribute band, Forger, will play the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley this Saturday. Steve Arts, host of Rock Map here on KVMR, caught up with them recently. Guys, uh, welcome. Tell us about the band and when it got started. got started about uh, 2013 or so, and uh, just grew out of our love for music, a foreigner, and journey. Uh, we played some of it live and found audiences really engaged with it, so we rolled with it, and people love it, and we're loving it. Okay, and are you guys lifelong uh, musicians who have played around the Bay Area? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we go back to when we were in our teens, in fact, playing in various bands and 
some original projects, some covers. The lead singer, he's not here today. Uh, he's uh, actually from Boston, so he got his start on the East Coast. But yeah, we've been playing for many years. Cool. Um, and talk about the sold-out Sutter Creek show. I was in a, a ZZ Top tribute band for three years, and I didn't make your success, but you put in all this practice, wait for the show, and there's a full house. People are waiting on the street. Uh, it's not only fun for the fans, but it's inspiring. It's inspiring for the musicians. It really is, because as you know, as a musician, Steve, the, the audience really feeds into the band, and it kind of reciprocates, and so the whole thing just sort of takes flight. That particular show was sold out over a week in advance, and the show before that at a winery in Livermore was also sold out. And so, yeah, it's a it's really a great vibe to know that the room is going to be full of uh, fans of uh, this music, just like we are. And it really just uh, it reciprocates, and the whole thing just kind of takes flight. Great. Um, and would you say that the musicianship of the tributes is, can be really good? I I I heard your singing, and it was real precise. And then I I know that uh, we opened for a Leonard Skinner tribute band who just you know smoked all those three-part guitar solos so the and there's a lot of competition so the musicianship can be very good well i appreciate that yeah it's it's super important that we try to be faithful to the record because we realize that these songs are nostalgic for people uh it's the music of graduating high school of getting married first jobs going to college and they identify with the songs as they heard them on the radio which means for the most part the uh the original album version so there's a lot of effort made to be very, very faithful uh, on every level to that, and it requires a level of musicianship, obviously, because of the sort of players that we're emulating. Right, and why do you think Journey lasted or is having this impact this later on? Is it just a couple of songs, um, or do they just uh, they just kind of hit home for some reason? Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems to keep finding a new life, and yeah, it's just it's resonating. It's resonating with newer generations. At some of our shows, there are young people coming that maybe are being introduced to the music by their parents. Uh, I don't really know, but yeah, it really uh, it's really got legs. I guess the good stuff just holds up. Okay, well, uh, thanks for your time. You know, have a great gig. We're speaking to the members of Forger who are playing this Saturday, September 24th, in Grass Valley at the Center for the Arts. You can start your morning with Steve Arts and Rock Math every other Monday from 4 to 7, right here on KVMR. Up next, Felton Pruitt talks with Tom Rigney. Those hip to the San Francisco Bay Area roots music scene will recognize the name as that of the leader of the Sundogs and of the legendary Western swing band Back in the Saddle. We're talking with Tom Rigney. He's going to be playing with his good friend Michael Doucet at the Sophia Theater in Sacramento on Thursday, October 6th at 7 p.m. And he's also got a new album coming out with Michael. Hey, Tom, it's great to catch up with you. Hi, Felton. How you doing, man? We're all good out here. So tell us a little bit about this new CD. This is your second effort uh, doing a record with Michael Doucet, isn't it? It is. You know, uh, I mean, it's such a bizarre story. Michael and I have been friends forever uh i think i met him back in 1983 when i was touring with queen ida and ran into him at a festival and then we would bump into each other over the years and we always talked about making a record together hey we should make a record you know every time we'd hear each other or see each other and then of course we never did it until 
around 2015, we finally started playing some shows together and uh, made that first record. And it was just such a blast working together. It was just one of those collaborations that really worked for both of us. And that, that sort of stuff is always hard to predict. So ever since the first one came out, he's been flying out every year to play at least a handful of shows with me and Flambeau. And uh, more, you know, the, the repertoire kind of started expanding. So just before the shutdown, he had flown out from Lafayette to play some shows and start doing the tracking on what would be the new CD. And literally the day after he arrived, the world shut down. All our shows were canceled. And we ended up spending three days in the studio just kind of, you know, getting uh, just mapping out uh, what the record would be. And, uh, and then we continued to work on it, you know, throughout the past couple of years. And it's finally finished. Well, congratulations. What's the title of the record? Roll On. It's Tom Rigney and Michael Doucet. Is it Tom Rigney and Flambeau and, and Michael Doucet? The artist's name is Michael Doucet and Tom Rigney. All of the members of Flambeau are on it, but we've also got a number of, uh, of special guests uh, on the new CD. Uh, Marsha Ball, John Cleary, Chad Huval, who's an accordion player for Michael's band, Beausoleil. Just, you know, a bunch of friends kind of pitched in on this one. It sounds like an amazing effort. And you're going to be uh, kind of showcasing that when you come to the Sophia on October 6th. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Michael's coming out uh, to play a few shows, and we're happy to have a show at the Sophia because it's such a beautiful venue. Yeah, we're going to be playing music from the new CD. We'll play some music from the older CD. And then... I know we're going to just play some things that one of us will go, hey, let's do this. When when we get together, it tends to be pretty spontaneous and uh, let's say at least slightly unstructured, but a heck of a lot of fun. Now, a lot of our listeners remember, of course, uh, what was it, Tom Rigney and the Sundogs from a long time ago. Yes. And then we had Flambeau. So it's, it would make sense to go in the Cajun mode and bring in a guy, a, a, a monster, a powerhouse legend like Michael Doucet from Beausoleil. Absolutely. I mean, Michael is just, he is a monster. Uh, being up on stage, trading licks with that guy, is it, it's just thrilling. He's, uh, he improvises constantly. He's just an astonishing virtuoso. And I, I don't know, we've found... We found a thing playing together that that kind of surprised the hell out of both of us. You know, the first time we ever played together, we'd known each other for probably 30 years. And uh, we were doing a co-bill together uh, at the Harris Center in Folsom, Beausoleil and, and me with Flambeau. And so I said, well, Michael, why don't you come out and play a couple of tunes with us? Oh, yeah, sure. So I brought him out in the middle of our set. And we played this old Cajun two-step, which I had learned from him years ago, and just, you know, completely spontaneous, no rehearsal, no talk about it, just count it in and let's go. And people just went insane. And Michael and I are nose to nose, 
just laughing our asses off and listening to the just crazy twin fiddle thing we were doing. And and after that little moment backstage, we just said, "What the heck was that?" You know, and uh, and ever since then, we just we now you know do this as often as we can. I mean, he's busy with Beausoleil. I'm busy with Flambeau, but when we can put this thing together, we, we, we jump at the chance. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who's going to be playing with Michael Doucet at the Sophia Theater on Thursday, October 6th. You know, Tom, the, the twin fiddle thing has been going back in, in music, American music, for, you know, a century or more. I mean, there was twin fiddles in, in bluegrass. There's twin fiddles in everything. Uh, Western swing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Western swing. You can think of Bob Wills uh, going back to that kind of stuff. And nowadays too, I I've, I hear twin fiddles a lot, but having two people with the uh, the level of expertise that you and Michael can put out, that's that's a whole nother level. I appreciate that. I, I I feel like what's somewhat different about what Michael and I are doing is that we're not working out arrangements for two fiddles. You know, we're not saying, okay, I'll play this part and then you play this part. And that'll sound like, you know, kind of what people picture when they think of twin fiddles in bluegrass or in Western swing. It's very arranged. It's a, you know, it's in uh, fiddles playing lines in harmony with each other. Michael and I kind of don't really do that. We just take our cues from each other in the moment, you know. And uh, so it's a little wild and and woolly but it also has this uh kind of tremendous energy and it's kind of full of surprises even for us and i think that's a that's a significant thing that michael and i both really enjoy you know we don't know what's going to happen next because i don't you know we'll play a tune of mine that michael's never heard before i don't know what he's going to do with it but i know it's going to be something really interesting and cool and something that'll inspire me to change my view of my own composition you know so it's a remarkable uh, combination i'd say at least from our perspective so if folks wanted to pick up a copy of the new album roll on from michael Doucet and tom rigney how would they do that well you know uh if they come to the sophia theater i'm probably going to bring you know i don't know seven or eight hundred copies of it, <laughs> okay just to be on the safe side <laughs> but it's, uh, it, you know, it's currently available on, uh, you know, you can download it uh, through uh, iTunes and Amazon. It's ju- it just came out this week, and I've also got it for sale. It'll be, uh, you know, people will be able to buy it through my website. and uh, Tell people what your website is. Uh, oh, it's just uh, TomRigney.com, uh, R-I-G-N-E-Y. I imagine you could find out where you're going to be playing and your whereabouts on that website as well. Exactly right. There's always a calendar, and uh, people are welcome to drop me a note, and I can put them on an email list and keep them updated uh, with what's happening with me and Flambeau, and certainly uh, give them plenty of notice whenever Michael is uh, coming to town. So what else is in store for Tom Rigney for the rest of the year? A lot of festivals. Um, Well, you know, a a number of concerts, uh, but uh, interestingly, fall is a big festival time for me. We'll go up to uh, Eureka for the Redwood Coast Music Festival at the end of this month. Then we go to Sun Valley, Idaho in October. We go to uh, Arizona in November. We go to Florida in November. 
uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of festivals. And then when we're at home in the Bay Area, we'll be playing shows, you know, kind of all around the Bay Area. Well, it's always great to see you. And, you know, you've got me by a couple of years, and I'm still amazed by the energy you put out on stage. I'm very jealous. I don't know what your workout <laughs> routine is, but you've got it down. My workout routine is to get up on stage in front of an audience as many times as I can with a fiddle in my hands and see what happens. <laughs> well, that's my, that's my workout routine. <laughs> Well, we encourage people to go watch the workout routine on Thursday, October 6th, the Sophia Theater in Sacramento. It's Michael Doucet along with Tom Rigney. Tom, it's always great to chat with you. Great to talk to you, Felton, and I'll look forward to seeing you down the road. That's our newscast for this evening. The KVMR Evening News airs Monday through Friday from 6 to 6.30 and gets support from Best Friends Animal Clinic on Highway 174 in Grass Valley. Doctors Tom Strolley, Melanie Curtis, Susan Klopfer and staff provide comprehensive veterinary care for family dogs and cats. Information at bestfriends-animalclinic.com And MEC Builds. Nevada County Roofing Contractor with over 20 years of experience, providing complete roofing services, gutter products, sun tunnels, and skylights. The showroom is at 316 Colfax Avenue in Grass Valley. MECBuilds.com. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, and meet me right here on Monday for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. 